Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted us to continue our discussion on the effects of erroneous doctrine. The effects of erroneous doctrine or doctrine that's unsound, doctrine that's not healthy for the Christian as well as the collective unit of the church. Uh, They are doctrines which must uh, be dealt with and not allowed to fester within uh, Christian homes as well as the local individual church and definitely the global church. So today we wanted to revisit this topic of the consequences of not dealing with erroneous doctrine. And I always remind various Christians about why this topic is so important. It's important because it's important to God. This topic is relevant because it's relevant to God. God, who being essentially truth, God is truth. And this this truth comes out of his nature. Logic, which is uh, the rules that govern correct behavior, is rooted in truth. And God has given us the four undeniable and universal laws of logic. The first being the law of identity. The second being the law of excluded middle. The third being the law of non-contradiction. And lastly, the law of logical inference. And these four laws came out of the nature of God. No, Aristotle did not create logic. He merely discovered logic that God had already deposited since the creation of the universe. Man did not create logic. We merely discovered logic that had been given to us by God. So, again, there are four universal laws of logic which substantiate God being the truth and which validates the Christian assertion that there's parameters or rules that govern correct behavior. And that's what logic is. Logic is supposed to be rules that govern correct behavior. So when you tell somebody that is not right, that's wrong, what you're basically inferring is that you know what right is. And to not do right is what we call wrong. So when you tell somebody your actions are not appropriate, this infers that you know what appropriate behavior is. And as Christians, we should know that All truth comes from God and all 
uh, lies and all non-truths are authored by the devil and carried out by humanity through sin. So we want to talk about erroneous doctrine because erroneous doctrine oftentimes may look like it's the truth, but it's actually the devil's subtle way of getting us further away from God's truth. And if we look in every church, you'll find individuals who claim to appreciate respect and love the truth, but they actually live differently and teach something totally different than the sound doctrine that God wants us to rehearse and practice. We find in second Timothy three sixteen a passage that says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. And any Christian that refuses to put themselves under the leadership of someone else can be a dangerous individual connected to a church. God has saved all of us not to be an island by ourselves, not to always be the head for even a pastor must have uh, someone that he is accountable to. So none of us were saved to be lone rangers. None of us were saved to be independent. We are all interlocked and we are all connected as believers. So all of us should have accountability partners. So all scripture is God breathed, meaning that God is the inspiration behind the Bible. God is the one who gave the writers what uh, the, the right things uh, to dictate. God is the one responsible for what we call the Bible. And it is useful for teaching. If I'm going to raise my family in a certain way, that way has to be rooted in the word of God. I'm raising my children not to be a prototype of me, not to be a clone of me, but I'm raising my children as a man of God for them to have relationship with God. And if they pick up some of my habits, that is unavoidable because we spend so much time together. But ultimately, I want my sons to have their own relationship with God. And I want my daughter to have the same relationship with God on their own terms. And I want them to know God intimately. So I need to teach them how to develop their relationship with Christ. I need to teach them how to enrich their relationship with Christ. Then inside of the church, once we leave the home scenario, then we need to deal with teaching inside the church. Sunday school. Do we know if our teachers have a sensitivity for doctrine, sound doctrine, that is? Do we know if our instructors are familiar with the major tenets of the faith and what their belief systems are? It's imperative that every church deals with doctrine. For without sound doctrine, 
We don't have a unifying uh, code of conduct whereby members must align themselves to. So whatever organizational system, whatever hierarchy system that a church put in place, it means nothing if it's not rooted on sound doctrine. Our Sunday school departments mean nothing if it's not rooted on sound doctrine. Sound doctrine, healthy teaching versus erroneous doctrine. So that's what we want to talk about on this episode. What are erroneous doctrines? And the Bible highlights certain characteristics in order for us to identify those doctrines that hurt rather than heal individuals. So erroneous doctrines, number one, causes division and becomes offensive, which breeds discord inside the church. So in Romans 16 and 17, as Paul gives his salutations to various members of the citizens, Christian uh, group and community that live in Rome, he writes to them, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. Romans 16 and 17. So Paul is basically calling out and identifying individuals that exist inside the churches in Rome. And he's saying to the rest of the church, keep away from them because these individuals believe in a teaching that's contrary to the teachings that will bring unity. These individuals are preaching and teaching things that cause divisions and they put obstacles in the way of others that are trying to grow. So stay away from them. The things that you know are true. The things that have been given to us by the apostles, we must carry in the 21st century until God calls us home or Jesus come back. The same major essentials that the early church fathers embraced and were willing to die for are the same teachings that we have to stand, uh, stand for in the 21st century. But there be some, even in the 21st century, that exist inside the church or affiliated with a Christian organization that teach uh, doctrines that are unhealthy, that teach doctrines that take people away from the truth of the gospel. And we that are sober-minded, we that love the truth, we must make sure that we stand boldly for what's right and for those individuals that insist on doing wrong, we must stay away from them and lift them up in prayer. Number two, erroneous doctrine carries people away from the truth. And as a result, it serves no benefit. It's almost like cotton candy. Uh, I love the taste of cotton candy, but the more you eat it, the more you realize that it has no substance. And that's how it is with some uh, people that claim to be Christian or uh, individuals that claim to be 
uh, believers and followers of Christ. They're saying one thing, but their actions are contrary to what they advocate. So we find in the scriptures, Hebrews 13 and 9, the author of Hebrew writes, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. So the author of Hebrews is dealing with those that claim that they're believers, but they're in terms of salvation, they're adding rituals that are contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ and to the teachings of the gospel. So he's telling his audience, do not be carried away by all these diverse and strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by the eating of ceremonial foods. So what Paul is basically saying is that it doesn't make you any more of a Christian if you choose to eat a certain type of meat versus this type of meat. Long as we sanctify, pray over it, God has justified us. But if the eating of this certain meat or certain food of offends or may cause another brother or sister to stumble, then don't insist on eating it in front of them. So we have to learn to contextualize uh, what the Bible is telling us to do. All things are lawful, but all things are not permissible. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. And that's what erroneous doctrine embodies. People who claim to be led by the Holy Spirit, but they engage in being cunning and being crafty and getting over on God's people. People who bring to our church Ponzi schemes. People who bring to our church things or principles that are contradictory to sound doctrine. So let's not be like infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Every time something new pops up, we want to embrace it without testing it to make sure that it's of God. So erroneous doctrine can be identified if we pay close attention and if we're not uh, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, if we stand and if, and if we're willing to uh, uh, read and study God's word, which by through the word we can grow, then God can take us to where we need to go. So let's not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheme, Ephesians 4 and 14. So erroneous doctrine will buffet you. Number three, erroneous doctrines serve as a stumbling block. 
on the last episode on erroneous doctrine, we talked about uh, Jim Jones and uh, how he led his people and the schemes that he used, uh, the schemes of uh, put people in place that weren't sick, but yet he did it to uh, pull a wool over the eyes of his followers that real healing was taking place. And just so we're clear, God does heal. But uh, it's not God's desire that everybody is healed physically. It is God's desire, however, that we're all healed spiritually, meaning that uh, we first need to accept Christ. And in accepting Christ, we're justified and we are sealed and we are healed. Uh, We are healed from uh, having to sin habitually. Uh, We will uh, commit transgressions because we're not perfect, but we don't premeditate sin as Christians. So erroneous doctrine can become a stumbling block to the church because what happens is they're adding to the things that we should be doing. It's enough. We have enough to deal with just with the sound teachings that God has given us. But to add on erroneous doctrine makes it a lot more difficult. But nevertheless, I have a few things against you, writes John in the book of Revelations. And this is uh, Jesus to the church in Pergamum. There are some among you who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Revelations 2 and 14. So in other words, uh, as an example, we have the prosperity or word of faith movement that teaches that if you have enough faith, you will be materially wealthy or affluent. And if you have enough faith, you will never get sick. Now, this or uh, those two examples are erroneous. God wants us to be rich, but his definition of richness is not not just material, but also spiritual. We can be rich in mercy. We can be rich in love. We can be rich in forgiveness. We can be rich in charity. We can be rich in uh trying to be a peacemaker. So being rich in God's kingdom, being rich according to God's criteria, is not just uh, being materially affluent, but rather is being spiritually affluent. That's important. And then erroneous doctrines uh, in the 21st century are for those who advocate that Jesus is not the only way, but he's one of the way that doctrine is erroneous for in John 14 and six, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one gets to the father, but through me, Jesus also believes in the law of identity and the law of excluded middle. Either he's the only way or there's no other way. And then erroneous doctrines teach us in the 21st century that those who profess to love Christ can still 
practice their sexual immorality and God will be fine with it. Some argue that because God is so loving, he allows us to love whoever we want to love. But my response is God is loving, but at the same side of love is justice and the same side of justice is consequences. There are consequences that we have to deal with in terms of disobeying God's words. And so even though God loves us, he has given us boundaries in terms of how we ought to love and who we ought to love. God has put instructions in place because he loves us that we should not do certain things that may harm us. And believe it or not, regardless of what our government is saying, regardless of what we're seeing on television, regardless of uh, what uh, marches are going on in various cities, we have to stand on God's word because God loves us so much that he's, he was willing to sacrifice his only monogenous son who didn't commit no sin, but he told the truth in love. That's why Jesus was crucified. Ask yourself, for those of us who believe that we can be Christians and do what we want to do, ask yourself, why did they crucify Jesus Christ? Jesus, who was the perfect man who didn't commit any sin while he was here on earth, why did they crucify him? Because he loved them so much. He was willing to be rejected to tell the truth. He was willing for people to ostracize him but he knew he had to tell the truth in love. Likewise, we that are his students, we that follow Jesus, we too have to share the truth in love. I realize that they may call us names. They may call us insensitive. They, must call, they may call us um, religious zealots. They may call us whatever they want to call us, intolerant. But as long as we preach the gospel in love, as long as we have their welfare in our hearts, God approves of it. He authenticates us and God supports us. And we got to keep preaching and teaching. And at the same time, we have to reject the erroneous doctrines that we come in contact with. Well, our time is up for this episode. We will continue the discussion on the effects of erroneous doctrine next on the next episode we pray that you received a lesson that has edified you to go out and share teach preach the gospel and at the same time preparing yourself to give each man and woman an answer a reason for the hope that lies within you and doing so with gentleness and respect and if this ministry has blessed you in any way and if you believe in us working with Christians to defend the faith, please consider becoming a financial sponsor of the Sound Reasoning Show. We love God, we love His Bible, and we pray that you love your fellow man. See you all next week. 
Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And one by one, I watched my dear friends get engaged, get married, start having children. And especially as a woman, I felt like there was a certain timeline that these things needed to happen in my life. Charity Gale shares a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.